Hi, Sue. Nice to see you. Nice to see you. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good, too. I'm just going to go do one thing. I'll be right back. Okay. Hello. How are you? You want to come up here? You want to come here? Okay. Oh, my goodness sake. There you are. There's my girl. Whoa. There you are. Hi, Jimmy. Hi, Sue again. Hi. Hi. Hi, Sue. Hi, Jimmy. Oh, hi, little dog. <laughs> What's Fanny. your dog's name, Sue? Fanny. 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 Oh, what kind is she? She's a, um, yeah, miniature schnauzer. Oh, wow. She's gorgeous. <laughs> Let me see her. I can't see her. Oh yeah, her head's gone. Oh, there she is. Oh, yeah. yeah, she is. Aww. Say hello. Say hello to all you and your friends around the world. <laughs> yeah, happy St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, happy one to you too. What does that mean, Erin Gobra? What is that? Phrase? Oh gosh, you're testing me now. <laughs> <laughs> I always forget. I, I don't have the best Irish, I'll be honest with you. I can't remember. It's some phrase that's um that's used that I wouldn't I'm not that familiar with. I'll have to check it out for you now. Erin is Ireland, so I heard we celebrate more than you do. Is that right? In in, in the city? Yeah, it's different. Um there's definitely a lot of excitement about it. We're, I think we're, we're a little bit reserved. So um, there's definitely kind of a hype about it in the States that is different to here. And there's different traditions. Like someone told me about something when we lived there. Like, is it that you pinch people or something? Yeah, something yeah. yeah that's not me. a thing. If somebody <laughs> not a thing here. Me, they pinch you. You can be pinched. If what? <laughs> if you don't wear green. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's not, I'm wearing green today. But it's not even a thing that, you know, people would necessarily wear green. So I, mean, I remember being shocked. You're you're muted. Hi, Do you want to be muted? No. There Hi. 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 Oh, am I still muted? No, okay. you're good now. You're there. Hi. Maggie, good did you sign you out as good. did you sign out as Jennifer? I have. I don't know. I was surprised. And then, did, that... and then did you sign in again as Maggie after you signed out as Jennifer? It says Maggie. No, no, no. She changed her name. She changed her name. No. Um, that, that will do it. I just did that. 
But it, it defaulted to Jennifer again. Okay. So I'll do that after the call unless right. you think. Right. And then you can check it because your account will have your picture on it instead of hers. Yeah. It's all good. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So should we pray in? I may have to occasionally be yelling at six-year-olds outside, <laughs> but I'll put myself on mute when I need to do that. Yeah, Jenny and I have a great story for you to tell, for, to tell you today, so. All right. Great. Great. Sue, do you want to pray us in? Okay. So let's put our hand on our heart and just feel the love that instantly flows as we see each other's faces. And we give thanks for this friendship, this circle of prayer and growth and transformation that we're all a part of. We give thanks that we have so many tools to work with that Jennifer has provided to us for transformation and growth. And we give thanks for St. Patrick's Day, something happy to celebrate. And we offer up all of our unwillingness to change. We offer up all our false beliefs. And we offer up anything that blocks love and keeps us from being present in this meeting. And we affirm that we are spiritual beings. We hear the voice of God and we see with Christ's vision. We see everyone and everything with Christ's vision. And we share this prayer with everyone, everyone everywhere, because we're all in the midst of change. And we are one. And so it is. Amen. Amen. Jenny, can I tell the, the preface to your story? Yeah, go for it. Okay, I'll try and tell you the short version. So um, you remember last year when I went to Lorna Byrne, I went with two other couples. And um, hi, Corrine. Hi, Corrine. Are you unmuted there? She's coming on. I'll wait a second for her to get on. Okay, so uh, we went with these uh, two other couples. And um, so I was going on a walk with the person who is very, very Irish and knows the Irish culture has lived there. Jenny's laughing. Because um, if you remember, I was not successful in my, by myself in my American ways of getting the meeting with Lorna. I wrote to her charity and I asked if we could get a meeting and I didn't say how much, but I said that we would... Um, give some money to her charity. And I never, I never even got an answer. That was so direct and so, <laughs> so un-Irish. Um, but Maureen knew better. And she began emailing people with, I mean, it was so many emails about we're going to be there and we'd love to meet her and on and on and on. So her indirect method worked every single time in Ireland, getting us what we wanted. But it just, it's, I was telling Jenny this morning, it's um, shocking to me because I knew a lot of Irish people in New York, but they were acclimat acclimatized to New York and not very Irish in the cultural ways. And because they speak English in Ireland, it's just not as obvious to me that it's a different, a, a really different culture. Anyway, so we're on this walk, and I tell her that Lorna's going to be in this country, and she says, well, you know, 
clearly you have to invite her to tea. And I'm thinking, I do? <laughs> and she's, well, yeah, because, you know, now, you know, you've made that connection. Yeah. And so I'd already gone through my doubts about whether I wanted to make the visit because I feel very complete with Lorna. Um, but then I got clear, no, from the angels, you need to go buy a ticket. So I bought a ticket. And then my friend starts saying, uh, I need to write this letter. And I felt there was a letter to be written, but I found her comments a little overwhelming. For example, when I said, I thought I would tell her that Melissa was transformed by my meeting with her. Oh no, she said transformed is a very big word. Much that will scare her. And Jenny laughed because that's a big word apparently. Um, and too much. And then she thought it was too much to say that Melissa passed. And I left feeling like, well, I really still feel like there's a letter to be written, but I can't quite imagine what letter I'm going to write if I can't say all these things and how will I say it? And so I just put it down and said, angels, you need to give me some direction on this if you want me to write that letter. And now you take over, Jenny. So I was at Lorna Byrne yesterday. She was doing an event. Um, and I, I, there was a break and I went down to, I was kind of walking out and I put on, I was going to put on my coat and I was thinking, oh, I could take a picture with Lorna Byrne and, and post it to everyone in Masterful Living. And I was obviously smiling as I was thinking this, but I didn't realize I was smiling. And a lot of her theme of the day was about smiling and enjoying life and remembering to smile because it brings up the joy that we often push down. So I was smiling and one of the other attendees who was, had, uh, had a foreign accent, so I couldn't quite understand what she was saying. Was um, Anyway, eventually I kind of, so you know when you don't know what someone's saying, I was sort of just, smiling and nodding and going yeah I am smiling and yeah I'm happy and uh, she said no you're smiling do whatever you're thinking whatever you're thinking just do it so I went okay I'll go and I couldn't remember what I had been thinking and then I realized well it was to take a photo with Lorna so I because I wouldn't normally do that um I tend to think I, I don't want to bother this person you know and I, I tend to get a bit shy so um I went up to get a photo and I spoke to her um, her CEO of her foundation who was really, really jolly and had a lovely laugh. And I was, and it just came to me to, to say to her about Melissa. So I said to her, oh, you know, uh, I had a friend who was over in Ireland and she met with Lorna and um, she shared a message with my friend to, for her daughter to open her heart to a man. And um, I said I started to tell her the things that uh, the angels had told Melissa to do, and you know we were just smiling at how amazing it was, and that Melissa was so faithful to to follow all the direction of the angels. And and then I said to her that she had passed, and that you know this had been you know really a big shock, and um, but that the, we knew that the angels had been with her, and that that was a really big support to her family and to know that she's now safely on the other side and is able to communicate and Lorna came over at this point so her assistant started to fill her in and, and I kind of said to Lorna at the end what I had just what I just shared there that um that Melissa had, had passed and um was now with the angels and able to communicate and that her words to Melissa had been a support in her journey and Lorna just kind of nodded and smiled and she said she remembered Rosalind and Phil and the friend um, and then I walked away and I started judging myself because <laughs> I thought oh Jenny maybe you shouldn't have shared that maybe that wasn't yours to share and um, but I had felt it had felt right to do in the moment so I just sort of stayed with that and uh, then I messaged Rosalind with a photo of me and Lorna saying, I spoke to Lorna and I shared with her about Melissa and the angels and, um, and that you were excited for her to come to the States. And yeah, and then I heard the backstory and I just thought it was amazing that there was, that was even a, a thing, you know, that we were connected in a way that it 
beyond understanding. Isn't that a great story how the angels used Jenny to, to, get, to help me out with the letter? And now I can write her freely and just say, you know, if there's any way I can help you when you're in Seattle or, you know, have tea with you. Because my friend was saying, you don't understand, you're inside the clan now. And I'm like, really? I'm inside the clan? You know, and you know how she likes tea, just offer her tea. <laughs> So anyway, I don't have any expectations of meeting with her. If I were her, I wouldn't want to meet with anyone just because I'm so self-preservation. I would want to um, use my energy to restore myself, but I'm not her, so we'll see what happens. But I'm free of all of those comments that my friend made me made for me, but she was just clearing the way for Jenny to um, take over. <laughs> Because I wasn't supposed to write that initial letter. Jenny was supposed to tell her. But it never occurred to Jenny and I for, to say, I knew Jenny was going, but I never thought to say, Jenny, would you, would you corner her and tell her about Melissa? Yeah, and I don't think I would have said anything if that lady hadn't said to me, just, just do whatever you're thinking. Exactly. And then you went through Susie, which is, you know, if you had tried to, I mean, again, you don't ever go straight to Lorna. You have to go through these other people, and that's oh, the yeah. way. You knew that because <laughs> yeah. you're Irish, so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and also the connection is made then with Susie if you want to contact Susie. Yeah. Who's her? Mm -hmm. Well, because of Lorna's learning disability, she doesn't do direct communication with anyone. Yeah. You have to go through somebody else. But anyway, wasn't that a great story? Yes, it is. And you don't always know, you know, when the angels are using you. I mean, it just seems like, you know, Jenny thought she was maybe speaking out of turn when her critic got, got hold of it and said, well, you know, maybe it wasn't yours to tell, but the angels were definitely using her. I had a, can you guys hear me? Mm hmm I had an interesting experience this week with um, let putting something down, like you're talking about, Rosin. What you know, realizing this, I'm starting to force this and mm -hmm. putting it down, and it was kind of interesting. I um, I mentioned last week on the the regular call, the one I was able to call into for a little bit that I had been asked to write uh, an affirmation song for a three-year-old with leukemia. And um, it's been the most challenging thing. I've just gone through all these emotions over it. And it's kind of brought up Melissa. It's brought up Parkland. And it's ultimately just brought up that we can't protect our children. And that's like a really shitty thought. <laughs> It's something we never want to accept, you know? So I've kind of been moving through it, and um, it's, it's been a lot of phases. And uh, I felt like it was finally flowing, and I had shared that on the call. And then I just felt like, you know, the power of my music is that it's just kind of simple. And this song was becoming so complicated. I mean, I was the chorus had to do with a rainbow and... I was trying to come up with a verse for every color. It was just, and then I, could, I was trying to think of something that was red. And then what do I do with indigo? What three-year-old knows indigo? It's just like, like, okay, this is feeling more intellectual and harder than this usually feels for me. And um, <clears throat> I said, I'm just going to put this aside for a minute. And I, I had had a friend tell me, actually Bobby, who you spoke with, Rosalind, mm -hmm had told me because he does paintings and um, but also works with on an, a you know day job so to speak and he adapted the 12 step prayer to help me um, to help me to accept the jobs that are mine to do because we can all just start taking stuff on and it, there's a quote in the new version of the new Course in Miracles that I really like that says, you know, don't waste your energy on indiscriminate miracles. Mm -hmm. <laughs> let, you know, let be guided on which are yours to do. 
because you may be wasting your energy and then you don't have it for the one that's yours to do or whatever. So I said, I'm, I'm going to have to put this down for a minute. And if it turns out I, I can't write this, I'm going to have to be okay with that. This might not be mine to do because I've never had to be this hard. And so mm-hmm. I put it down for a few days. And then um, I had an experience I've never had before. My ears started ringing yeah. on yeah. Sunday. I've never had that before. And my friend Bobby, who's totally into everything, new thought, you know, interpretations of everything. Sometimes I'm like, you know, but he said, well, this is because you're, you're learning a new way of hearing. This is a spiritual thing that you're going through. And I said, well, okay, you know, whatever. Well, then during the community call Tuesday, because I've been trying to stay pretty involved with year two, since I can't normally make the year three Wednesday call, I've been trying to get more involved with him. That call was Tuesday, literally during that call. And you can probably hear it in my voice now. I started getting laryngitis Mm -hmm. and the entire next day I could not talk. So first my ears went, then my voice went. And I had no choice but to slow down. I was working from home. I got stuff done. I also just got done all these things that I've been avoiding. And the other thing that I'll say is that Tuesday night after the community call, I was very moved by Rieko's share. She was very vulnerable. Someone had talked about this big healing that they had had, physical healing and Rieko was just so honest. She said, you know, I'm, I'm feeling like, why aren't I having, you know, why am I not having this? You know, and she was honest about, about that, which I think comes up a lot. And we don't want to share that part of what we're feeling. And I was so moved by her willingness to share that, that I went back and did spiritual work that I feel that I'd been avoiding that night. And it sounds silly, but what, my spiritual work was as I have been so stressed out about my son, my sweet little six-year-old son's interest in these stupid iPad <laughs> video games. And I did, um, have you guys ever done um, Byron Katie worksheet? Mm-hmm. Are you guys familiar with her? Love I did that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, sometimes I mix it up because my mind gets used to the forgiveness letter. I have to mix it up or my ego starts anticipating what's coming. And basically she has you turn around. She asks you questions and then she has you turn them around. So it was like, Henry, you know, Henry shouldn't be, he's totally focused on these, you know, he shouldn't be so focused on these video games. And then I had to turn it around. I shouldn't be so focused on it. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I'm obsessed. I'm completely obsessed with this. And anyway, it was a lesson to me which I've received before that there's no judgment not worth checking. And I also realize I've got a lot of judgments of other parents letting their kids do this and letting my son do this at their house. And so I felt like, so then the whole next day I couldn't talk. And then I sat down on my lunch break at the piano in this simple 12, there's 17 words total in the whole song. I am safe. I am calm. I am loved. I'm strong. God is with me now. And that, and it just came through to me first through the piano, which has never happened to me before. Usually the words just come and I, and, and then it's just feeling like it's starting to come together. So I took, (coughs) I took a couple lessons from that. I took putting things aside is part of our process sometimes it's not stopping putting things aside is moving forward we we don't it doesn't feel like that to us but i really learned that and i also learned that um you know we, we just keep having these resistances come up at least for me it's not like i know better and so (laughs) It doesn't still come up and yet it's still so helpful when we take the time to look at it and be with it. And I felt really grateful for Rieko's vulnerability because it awakened my empathy for her and then for myself. And then I could do it out of self-love instead of just being irritated with myself that I was being resistant. 
But wait, I was going to ask you, what, which part do you think of as a resistance? The not writing the song or the... No, just that I've been feeling so worked up about this video game stuff. So anxious. And then I start going into, well, my husband doesn't support me to set the limits like we need to set. But just being so controlling and like there's this fear that he's not going to be okay if I don't control up all of this stuff. And I mean, and what ended up coming to me was, you know, I don't like a couple of these particular games. Let me get him excited about some other games that I think are healthier. And you know what? I don't want him playing for two hours before we wake up because my husband is going to let him do it later in the day. And I don't want him to use up at all before we even wake up. So I started putting it away. And then the funniest thing happened. He's just suddenly become obsessed with reading. So we've gone to the library. I've gotten all these little comic books. And now he's, he, I have to tell him, put, you can't bring the book outside. You cannot walk holding, you know, you need to look. Wow. So he's just, he's enthusiastic. He still wants to do his games. But this morning he got up and he read and, you know, and I had to kind of direct a little bit his enthusiasm because he's kind of obsessive, excited person and and if he gets too much of those video games that's what he gets obsessed and excited about but if but because I once I let it was just that same old lie that we have to control things for them to work out and of course the opposite is true it will not work if we try to control it you know so it was just you know and here I would have just missed you know his interest in reading and then that came to me to do you know so it I really I thank you guys. That was a long share, but um, no, no, it's perfect. I'm excited to be with you guys too. That's part of it. Mm. It's so. perfect. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah. and I, I'm excited about your um, the opening <clears throat> to to a new way of doing your art. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, and that that experience of trusting that when it comes to you. It's from somewhere else. And when you're working so hard at it, it's coming from probably the wrong place. Right. And I mean, I could, I could make progress from that place. You but, know, it, I have, but it wasn't. It wouldn't be the same product. It yeah. just, it just never felt right. Mm-hmm. I was like, you know, I want this to be something simple that she can just sing to herself or that her parents can sing to her and not have to think about what comes next. You know, it's just a chant, you know? You know, you're saying something else that that you're reminding me that's really big when I listen to you. You you kept saying resistance, but, you know, I'm hearing something more compassionate, which is that you wanted this so much for that little girl. You, You know, and sometimes that big wanting kind of gets our ego involved and and it distorts things and so I don't really hear that so much as resistance as that you are too involved in what you wanted to give yeah and but it was a beautiful wanting and then by backing off into a more neutral place the art can move through you yeah that's helpful um I think you're right. And I think that's an important lesson for all of us with everything going on in our country right now too. Because I sometimes I just feel like I suppose I should be marching in the street every weekend or something. And um like what's ours to do? Because it's in the end it is still even if it seems like it comes from a good place, it's still that belief that we need to control it or it's all gonna fall apart Mm -hmm. so um yeah it was very hard on me Mm -hmm. I mean the beliefs that were coming up once I wrote them down it were almost funny because they were so ridiculous Mm -hmm. like if I write this song my son's gonna get cancer literally that was a thought I had like I'm gonna attract this I mean um but uh really what I had to connect with was her eternality. But, also, but you know, it's, 
So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, I'm glad that I was willing to put it down because I was also being really hard on myself. Like, mm-hmm. come on, you're a songwriter. This is what you knew. This, dude, this is a three-year-old, you know? Like, and it's also like I have to accept this may not help her. I mean, and I have to release that with anything I write. It's my form of prayer. And so that may be the only way it helps someone. And that's a pretty powerful way. The form that that comes through for me may or may not do it for someone, but the process of it is my prayer for them. Um, so and anyway, that was, I feel I'm really relieved to be feeling less anxious. I was just such a nervous wreck about these stupid video games and it's ruining my weekends. Just so silly, you know? The funny part is in a few years, I'll be looking back, you know, I was only worried about <laughs> this little game on the iPad, you know? And thank you for letting me share that. Mm, yeah, thank you for sharing. Yeah, thank you for sharing. Um, actually, this actually relates to some of what I've been going through with Hans as well, because since his surgery and the blood pressure problem and whatever, even up until now, he's, he's gone back to a little bit of smoking, and he's also trying to not eat salt, but he just is not able to do that. And his leg is so swollen, I mean the whole right leg, is swollen, which I don't think is a surgical problem. It looks more like, you know, just blood pressure or whatever. But I find myself going into all these things also, what I can do, what should I do, or fix it. And then he also tries to draw me into the drama, you know, when I don't. So it's been quite a struggle the last few days. But um, but I was um, saying how the, the lessons that I'm doing, the daily lessons of A Course in Miracles have been so helpful really really helpful along the way and um yesterday the light has come that was so perfect for jenny i thought about her and meeting lorna the light has come it was a joyful day no matter what no matter how things appeared (laughs) in the natural i just went back to that thought and it really really helped and i i haven't really even done very well i've only done half of today's lesson and um I think that's one of the things I need to be a little bit more focused on that because it'll be even more helpful. Today's I am under no law but God's. So I didn't know that title. And when I felt drawn again to go to the computer to look up the swelling and, you know, the different things, because he started doing that himself. And so he's sharing that with me. So, I'm, you know, it's almost like drawing me back into that again. And I'm like, no, um, I actually... The search things that I had open, I went back and I closed them all. And I said, I am under no law, but God's. So I said, I let it go. And right now he's sleeping. You know, I, I don't know what's going to happen. I wrapped the leg with a bandage, an ace bandage to get a little pressure. Make sure he put it elevated. And it's really his struggle because so many times I've told him, you know, don't put your leg down so long. You know, he sits in front of the computer. You need to take a break at least four times a day and elevate your leg. Well... This is the first day that it looks like it's going to happen, <laughs> you know, because the leg got so big today that he started to get scared. And if it takes him getting scared and, you know, in order to get a reaction, then I'm in the way by trying to prevent him, prevent that from happening. So I'm I'm getting the lesson too, and I'm really letting go and letting God in. And I decided yesterday also that I'm going to write gratitude every day for things related specifically to him that he's doing right. So I could get off of the whatever he's doing wrong. <laughs> so that's, so that's, thank you, Maggie. That was helpful. And Maggie, I was um, very taken with that call um, as well. I listened to it and uh, I facilitated the Community One call today, and I think it's because of that call that um, I knew that they were learning um, of prayer powers. They'd just done one and two, and um, 
So it made me want to ask, does anybody just resist this? Does anybody just feel uncomfortable or not want to do this? Or just because I think that Rico speaks to, like you said, something that, you know, people are reluctant about expressing, you know, maybe doubt in prayer or doubt that I can receive these things. That's great for other people. But what about me? my life never works or whatever the belief is, or it can work for everybody but my husband or whatever the, you know. So, yeah, thank you for pointing out um, that call and Rieko's vulnerability and openness. I think she paved the way for many people to feel better about comparisons. It's very easy when you're in a program like this, even though we're taught not to do it, to then compare who's doing what and how are we doing. So thank you for that. Yeah, I could tell by everyone else on the call's response um, how much she was not the only one. Mm -hmm. And um, people just immediately jumped, jumped up and not only affirming her, but thanking her. Um, I thought it was really beautiful. And uh, she just, her complete transparency with it, I think really just awoke tenderness in everyone who saw it. And probably released her as well from that belief that... Oh, I'm sure. I would love to hear how she's doing now because I would imagine that was very helpful. Mm-hmm. For anybody who didn't listen to the call, someone got on the call in the beginning and said she had a miracle. She had this incredible, awful, deep, deep pain, scary pain in the middle of the night. And she prayed and said it wasn't real and, and you know, did a whole interaction with it. And then the pain went away. And um, so Rieko was comparing her long-term situation with how this woman in one night, you know, could make the pain go away. Something we all do in comparisons and hurt ourselves that way. I also felt like it was a lesson to me in... um... It's fun to share when we have breakthroughs. You know, I shared today, and I feel like I had a breakthrough, but I've been feeling stuck for a couple weeks and I haven't shared. So I also feel like it was a real lesson to all of us to let the community support us and to own it, you know, Mm -hmm. admit it, you know. I love how Jennifer says, um, you know, don't pretend you're not feeling something. Mm-hmm. And you it's know about, helpful. about that willingness to ask for help. The other day I was just about to write on Facebook um, a request for prayers for my grandson around his aunt's um, passing. And I was formulating what it was that I was wanting and formulating what what his situation is and why it's hard because he has a lot of able people to talk to him, but he doesn't really want to talk. His preference is to hold it inside till he's ready. But you know what I found was just that willingness to write it, even though I hadn't gotten to the computer yet to write it, he had his first best day. And I thought that was not an accident, you know, that, just the willingness to ask for help from on high from the community. It's not so much about the mechanics of you're putting it down and the people actually praying. It's the joining in your heart and the willingness to let it be known like you're saying versus holding it to yourself. And I was like, wow, I didn't even write that. And it's already different. Something I learned um, when I was in ministry, um, 
when I was getting ready to write a talk, I would head the page with a statement. I totally accept the belief that the Holy Spirit composes this talk through me. And then I, you know, I would add anything, um, maybe something about what the talk is about, um, and read it three times. And then I just started typing in it, and it all just kind of flowed. And, um, and then uh, I get to a place where I wouldn't know where to go, and I would just leave it. And then when I came back to it, I'd read that statement again. And I'd start typing. So um, I think it's part of the, the, the whole process of, of letting it come through, you know, walking away from it for a while and letting your subconscious work on it mm-hmm. or, or your spirit work on it. And um, that, that was very helpful to me. Thank you, Sue. Mm-hmm. You're reminding me, Sue, of um, apparently Martin Luther King. I don't know if I said this before, but when he wrote his speech, he wrote the speech, I had a dream, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he, um, like you're saying, he he was a procrastinator, but in that way of putting it, we sometimes think of procrastination as a, judge it in a negative way, like to put something down or not to complete it. But apparently he'd never planned, I had a dream, to say I had a dream. And, but he had kind of let it sit in his being. And then that just came through on the day. And I just remember thinking, wow, that's so, that's so amazing. That something that was so, that touched and has left such a legacy just came through in the moment because he allowed it. Because the people called it out of him. Mm. That's part of the process. Mm. Wow. And that was what was needed at that time. And he stepped forward and said, I'll do this. But the people drew it out of him. Because mm. that was their need. That's what they needed to hear. Yeah, you know, I really got from Lorna Burns' workshop yesterday that our our job is just to show up. I feel like that's kind of a bit what we're talking about here and, and to just be ourselves and to allow. And, you know, it was funny because in the workshop, she would just keep saying, oh, the angels have changed the plans. <laughs> it's like, we're, you know, like, she's like, I was thinking we would do this, but they're saying we need to do this. And, you know, and also that I, that the angels were telling her things to say, and she was like, they're not really my words, but this is, and she, and she would say them. And then I read Gary Renard's book. I started to pick up um, Disappearance of the Universe last night. And one of the things I read that really struck me, because I suppose I saw it yesterday, was that discipline is doing the thing that's uncomfortable. I remember thinking, wow, that's so not what my mind thought discipline was. And maybe it thought it was a bit kind of like control, that you do these certain things every day. Like Maggie was saying, it's good to switch it up because the ego gets attached to something. Um, Yeah, and just that, you know, even me saying to Lorna, whatever I said didn't, wasn't necessarily what I would normally do at all, or usually do, but just to follow and, and be led. It really changed my mindset and freed something because we don't have to do it. Praise God, we don't have to do it on our own. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be a push and a, a, a forceful and I'll just share I um, had sent or had been having a struggle with um, a lecturer in college and I realised I think that she kind of I, I would really struggle to be in the same room as her and I knew I was projecting but I couldn't 
so I would just literally be terrified to be in the same room as her because uh, I thought she would criticize me which she has in the past but like that I guess I pulled it out of her and I think there's perhaps an element of she actually might be afraid of me criticizing her and um, so we might be there's a dynamic so I sat down eventually <laughs> after looking away for a while to see what was really there and saying that it was it was like a fight between me and or some part of myself and the judger or the attacker and it was like I was with her I was kind of being defensive and guarded because I was afraid she was going to say what was in my mind which was that I that I'm bad that I'm, it was like really core fears like I'm bad I uh, I have nothing to say that's one of it like that was something a bully used to say to me for years no one cares what you no one cares what you think no one cares what you have to say and I was just afraid that she would say these things and so I was fighting her in my mind I was being defensive and guarded because I didn't want to hear I didn't want it to be confirmed but when I wrote it out and realized there were these really like I'm worthless just really horrible ideas I realized that that's what I was fighting and um, not really her I feel like it's kind of a big one I think there's quite a lot in it for me but that was something that I was grateful that I turned towards it and allowed it to teach me rather than keeping it in or thinking it was about her so that was that that's a kind of an ongoing challenge I said I have a few weeks before I have went before I have to before I see her again so I'm kind of excited to let let her teach me how to let go and to see what the difference is when I see her next. Can you say some more about what Lorna said about smiling too? I thought of that when you see her next. And that's yeah. Thing. Mm -hmm. She just said that we need to smile more often. And every time people would ask her a question yesterday, you know, they'd say, they might say, I'm pretty happy in myself, but I this or that and she's like well you've been sitting here and you haven't been smiling all that much <laughs> so <laughs> I just thought it was great because it really and then I just started to smile more she said when you smile it activates the joy in within yourself and she's like you know we don't have to be so serious and you know we can we tend to suppress the joy and think that um it's not okay for us to be happy and she's like, but that's what life is for. It is a, it is a gift. And to just keep smiling and to, um, to smile all the time, basically. And so she, she, there is like lots of laughter throughout the day. And um, I just thought it was a great reminder that we can, we can action it. We don't have to kind of feel it to then act on it but we can act and then the joy follows. You're making me think then of um, every time we have a person like that in our lives that we're a little reluctant about or a little afraid of or then are looking forward to trying out our new awareness with to start smiling when we think of them and start mm. ahead of seeing them and then greet them with a smile. Yeah. What happen? Because it's not, it wouldn't be um, intuitive to do that. Mm -hmm. I'm definitely doing that with us. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm going to practice a lot. That's one of my favorite songs. It's always been for Nat King Cole's Smile, Though Your Heart Is Aching. But it was more in a sad kind of way before, but now I can receive it in such a, in, in such a healing way. And in the vibrations, just like, when Jennifer talks about gratitude, when you do it, even if you didn't feel like doing, but when you start doing it, it lifts you up. So it's the same thing with the smiling and the, you know, and the gratitude, putting those two together. 
Um, so I had the gratitude down, now I'm adding the smiling to it. So those are the two <laughs> new practices with my husband. <laughs> awesome. Something that, and my internet cut out a little bit. So if you said this, just stop me. But something that occurred to me too that you were sharing, um, Jenny, was, you know, you talked about smiling earlier too with Lorna Byrne. And that you started smiling when you thought of approaching her. And I cut out a little bit at the end, but were you also saying that it came to you to smile with this professor? That's what, yeah, that's what Rosalind was saying, that, that we can smile. Like I can smile when I think of her. And I definitely, it has changed because I see her as an aspect of myself now. And I know that that, and I'm just so grateful that I'm not those things that I have believed in the past or that people have told me about myself or, you know, and I feel like, yeah, it's such a different shift to go into gratitude and be like, wow, I'm so grateful because now I can be released from these things. I don't have to be so afraid that, um, and, you know, things that I couldn't, it brings up a memory of when I was in school and a teacher uh, kind of yeah made me I guess to a degree get up in front of the class and make a speech which was terrifying anyway and I guess I was so terrified that I hadn't written one because I didn't know what to say because my belief was I don't have anything to say no one cares about what I have to say um, it's not important what I have to say so I hadn't written the speech so she kind of said I had to get up and do one anyway and so I got up and I said something, I don't know why, I talked about the, I talked about the curriculum of that year in school and then after a minute and a half or something I said is that enough and she said no you have to keep going and I just, so I sat down and I felt completely defeated and humiliated and horrified and just like I'd never be able to get up in front of people again and I think I shut up, I stopped talking Um after that and I so it feels karmic it feels like something I came here to learn and that I get to reclaim my voice um, so I'm really grateful for that because now this teacher which is a perfect place for it to show up is again in a classroom where I'm not a child anymore um, to to let go of all those ideas that that aren't true And I can do that with a smile. Yes. I just thought and celebrate that the light has come mm. and, ex and exposed all these beliefs that were not, that were not, that are not real, that are not real. And so to be grateful for the person who helped you realize that, bring you to that realization. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, definitely our biggest critics are the people that push our buttons are a gift. Yeah. And sometimes I wonder if we rub off each other's insecurities, do you know? Like I think this teacher is perhaps secure about her teaching and that mm -hmm. I, I don't... Um, I don't back off from, from speak. Actually, I don't back off most of the time. I've been learning not to back off from speaking, although I go into silences when I, when the fear overcome, overtakes me. But I wonder if I can, you know, um, tend to some of my insecurities. How does that make it? I'm perhaps less threatening to her too, where it helps we heal, if I heal my insecurities, perhaps it heals some of hers too. Mm -hmm. Whatever they are, I, I don't know. Yeah. One, one of the, the stories in Lorna's book that was very touching to me was when she was in school and the teacher didn't like her so much that he put her completely on the side. Mm -hmm. 
and he would not call on her for anything, even though she knew and she could contribute some answers until that one day when her angels helped her and she knew the answer and they arranged it in such a way that none of the other kids knew the answer. And the teacher wasn't even going to ask her, but somehow the angels pushed him to turn towards her and ask her. And she was so happy and she gave the answer and he had to give her because he was promising a treat or something at the end. And, you know, the whatever he must have felt to have been defeated himself at that point in order to give her the, um, the prize, that was a big lesson on both of them, for both of them. It was a really beautiful, and, and just, it really touched me because it shows her, you know, being so cast out, but at that one moment, and, and there was a lot of times in her childhood that she had those things, but at that one moment, the angels came through and, and gave her a little, it's like you get a little something to hold on to, you know, and then of course, you know, you may still have difficult experiences, but I feel like throughout life, we have those little moments of encouragement and those moments of light that help us to just keep going. And uh, that was one example that really stayed with me with that. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it's powerful. I want to say too, it really was like a knife in my heart to hear that child say to you, you have nothing to say, no one wants to hear. And I wonder about his, I assume it was a boy. Was it a boy? Um, I wonder about his story. And, mm. and um, I want to pray for him that he heals that alongside your healing. Because that must have been a terrible wound he came from to say something horrible like that to someone. Yeah. His dad was quite abusive, I think. Mm -hmm. I don't know in what way. I just remember because he was in my school from a young age. And this was more when I was 13. I remember his dad shutting the door in his face. I don't remember much else. But I remember thinking his dad wasn't very kind to him. Must have been pretty bad to say to even think of saying that to someone. I mean, that's such a knife wound. You had to be so wounded to say something like that. Most children are doing more of the obvious, you know, someone's looks or, you know, you know, I'm in, you're out. But most people don't even know to go to that degree of harm. It makes me think that he, he probably heard someone say that exact thing to him. That's what I'm thinking. He heard he, somebody said it to him or treated him that way. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but Jenny, did you say his dad shut the door in, on him or something? Yeah, shut the door in his face. I don't. I remember him trying to say something to his dad, or he didn't want to. Mm. We were quite small. That's that's the message right there. I mean, shutting the door in somebody's face. There you that, go. That's yeah. it. You you have nothing to say. That's equivalent of you have nothing to say. And it's so painful for him. He had to pass it on to somebody else. Wow, this is. So we, we can really see examples of how we mirror the other person, you know, like you were the perfect mirror for him to express that pain that he was holding on from his dad. Wow. No doubt he's going to receive benefits from your healing because we are one, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. So yeah, now you got... we're linked. Yeah. I walked past where I knew he lived recently when the snow was here. I walked past oh. his place and I thought of him and... Oh. Did you yeah. think of him with pain or did you think of him with love? Or both? Kind of both. I think I, was, I still felt hurt by what he had said to me, but also I knew that he'd had a tough childhood. I said that to Ian actually at the time. I said, oh, you know, that boy, he used to say these things to me. I said, oh, he used to live here. I don't think his dad was very kind to him. Mm-hmm. Well, let's put him on the altar as well. Mm. 
prayer requests, anyone? I will ask that my grandson find the ways to make peace with his aunt passing and his life being turned all around with what he could expect. I want to, he's coming in about a week and I want to talk to him about the idea that love never dies and see what he understands about that and see if he'll talk to me about that. And then maybe also, I don't know if you're willing to do this, but let's, um, if we could talk about our favorite thing about Melissa. So if you would hold us in your prayers, that would be wonderful. Yes, definitely. Um, definitely. What is his name? Ryan. He's coming next Friday. Uh, no, he's coming Saturday. We can today. Maybe loving our, loving our perceived enemies. Um, putting, I heard that yesterday. Putting our heart out there first, instead of I mean, let's let's pray for the courage to put our heart out there. Such a beautiful meeting, everybody. Thank you. Yeah. Who wants to pray us out? I'd be happy to. Okay, thank you. Thanks, Marie. Place our hands on our hearts. Mother, Father, God, we're so grateful for this earthly team of angels right here coming together to bless and support and heal one another and ourselves. We offer up all judgments, any Thing that is unhelpful, whether we can see it or not, we offer it up. We offer up any judgments, those of our perceived enemies, judgments of ourself. We affirm our willingness to play our role in God's plan for salvation. We share the benefits with each other with Rosalind's sweet grandson, with Melissa knowing she's with us now, with Jenny and her professor and the, the boy who bullied her. We share it with Kareem and for Hans's healing, with Sue and her family, with all masterful living and all beings everywhere because we're one with them. And so it is. Amen. Thank you. Amen. You're welcome. Mm. Oh, man. Love thank you. you. Great to see y'all. Can't wait to hear that song, Maggie. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. I'll share it with you. Okay, <laughs> thanks. Can you sing it now? Um, well, sure. Just a short version of it is just, my voice is a little froggy, but it's, um, <laughs> I am safe, I am calm, I am loved. I am strong. And that kind of loops, and there's different chords underneath. It sounds all the same, but the music changes. And then it goes, God is with me now. God is with me now. God is with me now. God is with me. Love is with me now. Love is with me now. Love is with me now. Love is, yes it is. And then it just kind of loops. Oh, wow. Perfect. Peaceful. Simple. It feels perfect, so perfect. Yeah. Thank you, Maggie. Thank
Thanks for your yeah. interest. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Bye.